Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I'm Persuaded podcast. Just thank you so much for tuning in today. You might be listening on Friday when this is posted. You might be listening throughout the week. You might be running or exercising or riding down the road or just listening to it on the couch. And so wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, just thank you for taking the time out of your day to just tune into this podcast. And our prayer from the beginning has been just to give you truths, uh, just to persuade you that Jesus is able in your life. We need Christians that know that truth, that understand that truth, and they believe by faith that Jesus is able in their life. Right now, we're living in uncertain days. We're living in some weird days, and uh, we need the certainty of Jesus. We look at the news, and nothing is certain. We look at politicians, and nothing is certain. We look at false. We see false hope everywhere, fake promises everywhere, broken promises everywhere. But we as children of God, we know we can look to one place for the final authority, one place for all truth, one place for all hope, and that is God's Word. And so we are thankful for God's Word on this podcast, and we're thankful for God's Word God's word in our life. And so I hope you would enjoy this podcast. I hope it's an encouragement above all. And so last week we answered a question on the podcast regarding baptism, looked at four general questions about baptism. And so we've just done a, a, a bunch of different episodes on the podcast now. We've answered questions. We've had testimonies. We've had guest people on, or we interview them, do that. That kind of style, talking to them about their area of ministry and what God's doing in their life. And so we're going to have some more of those in the weeks ahead. But today, uh, the past couple of weeks, I believe maybe a month or so ago, I just had the burden to share just some scripture that was on my heart at the time. And we looked at the barren fig tree. Uh, we looked at um, a Christ-centered Christian, what that would look like in your life. And today, that's just where the Lord's got me. I just The Lord's got a burden on my heart, especially for young people. But what we're going to talk about today applies to Christians of all ages. And uh, we're going to talk about Satan and his snares and his traps, just how he can enslave you as a Christian, how he can enslave me as a Christian. And so what Satan's doing right now to try and cause you to go away from Jesus, to try and cause you to... Uh, slip and slide away and remove yourself from your relationship with Jesus. And so we've answered on the podcast, you cannot lose your salvation, but you can go get backslidden. You can move away from Jesus. And so my heart's there today, Satan and his traps. And we're going to look at a very familiar passage of scripture, one you've probably heard uh, preached on hundreds of times, and that is Genesis chapter three. We're going to look at really verses one through six, but I just want to read verse one to you right quick. Genesis chapter three, verse one says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And we go back to chapter two, Jesus had told Adam, you can eat of any tree in the garden but you cannot eat of this one tree. And he called, he told him, you eat of this one tree, you will surely die. That's chapter two. Then we come to chapter three, and Satan has taken the form of an animal. He's taken the form of a serpent. And if you look on in the chapter, God curses them in order. He first curses the animal. He curses the serpent. Then he curses Satan, declares war on him, declares the first mention of the gospel in all of the Bible. He then curses Eve. Then he goes to Adam and curses him. So that's exactly how the order of Genesis 3 plays out. And that's how, that's the order God curses them in. And so we're going to look today at Satan, specifically in verses 1 through 6, how he came on the scene very wise and just tempted Eve, did not make her sin, but prompted her 
and showed her the opportunity to sin. And so we're going to look at Satan, his traps, his snares, how he will enslave us, how he will in, uh, ensnare us, trap us, and try to cause us to sin. So we're going to look today at a couple of different things. But first I want to point out just Satan's subtlety, how subtle Satan is and how he's working in your life today being very subtle. The Greek word simply means wise. So in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, subtle there means wise in Hebrew rather. Satan is a very wise being. In fact, before his before the fall, he was the wisest angelic being there was. So he was the most wise creature apart from God. And so God infinite in wisdom, God mighty in wisdom, God all wisdom flows from him. But Satan was the most wise angelic being. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 12 tells us this, Son of man, take up a lamentation unto the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. The last part of Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 12 is talking about Satan, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Satan, this verse tells us, was beautiful. Oftentimes, I like to think of, and we like to think of Satan as some ugly mug. We like to think of Satan as this guy with horns. But really, the Bible says Satan, when he was an angel, was the most beautiful angel that there was in heaven, apart from God. And so talking about the angels here, he was the most beautiful angel. And so in other words, Satan had a lot going for him. He also held the highest rank among all all angels in heaven. And so he had a lot going for him and he had the verse says full of wisdom and that wisdom caused him to want to be like God. He was so smart. He wanted to be like God in all of his way. And so he never could be like God, but he tried to be like God. And so in heaven was the first act of rebellion. And so we know Satan was not created on the same day that man was created. He was created when angels were created. And so he wanted to be like God. And so the first act of rebellion before Adam and Eve was the sin or the rebellion of Satan himself. And so he was kicked out of heaven and all the demons that followed him, they fell from heaven. And so even though he's fallen today, Satan, a fallen angel, wicked, he still contains that wisdom and he uses that wisdom against you and I as believers. And listen, I fear that Satan in our life, Satan in the life of Christians is larger than we realize. He is more prominent than we realize. We like to think, well, Satan don't bother me. Satan, uh, he's not tempting me. But if we would look closely, he's probably more prominent in your life and in mine than we give him credit to be. And so Eve was no match for Satan, and we're not either apart from the gospel. Us matched up against Satan, we'd lose. But thankfully, we have Jesus on our side that will defeat Satan. And so he can defeat us every single time. That is why we must be so very careful to watch out for his tricks in our life. So let's take a look at a few ways. I'm sure he snared you and he snared me into rebelling against God. He used it with Adam and Eve, and I'm sure he'll use it against you. Number one, we need to see Satan has a knowledge of God's word. Satan has a knowledge of God's word. And so God had spoken to Adam in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. He clearly told Adam he was not allowed to eat of one tree in the garden. God warned him and said, if you eat of this tree, you'll surely die. You'll face death in your life. Satan then comes slithering literally on the scene and begins to repeat to Eve in a twisted way the words of God. He said to Eve, didn't God say you could eat of every tree? So in other words, he's making Eve think about God's word. He's telling Eve, God said you could eat of every tree. Am I right? Eve corrected him and said, well, yeah, except this certain tree, we're not allowed to eat of it. 
She told Satan, God said, we'll die if we eat of that tree. Satan then goes on to say, oh, that's just God talking off his head, basically. You're not going to die. If you eat of that tree, you won't die. Look at the tree. It's good for food. It's plentiful for food. And God said you could eat of any tree in the garden. So why are you not going to eat of it, Eve? You see what Satan's doing? He's taking God's word and he's twisting it to try and make it mean something that it does not mean. He tried this with Jesus. If you look at the in the Gospels, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he tried to use God's word against Jesus himself, who was the word made flesh. And so if Satan will try to tempt Jesus with the word of God, and he failed, but he succeeded with Eve, he's going to try to tempt us and try to make us think God's word means something that it doesn't say. So, for example, some might say, some teenage boy might say, well, God's word doesn't necessarily say pornography is wrong. It says that I can't have sex before marriage, but it doesn't say I can't watch pornography. That's Satan telling you that God's word doesn't say this when God's word's clear that if you have the thought in your mind, it's sin. And so God, some might say, well, God's word doesn't say that only going so far with my boyfriend or girlfriend or my coworker at work, uh, that's not wrong. God's word doesn't say I shouldn't cuss or I shouldn't say vulgarity. Or, or Satan might tell you, well, God's word doesn't say uh, you can't uh, drink alcohol or you can't get whatever the case may be. Satan will take God's word and try to make you believe it as something that it doesn't really say. One I often hear is God wants me to be happy. So why don't I have and you fill in the blank? So many times Satan will come to you and say, OK, look, God's word wants you to be happy. God's word wants you to be blessed. So if this makes you happy, then by all means, you can do it. Listen, that's a lie straight from hell. That's Satan lying to us, twisting the very word of God. Satan knows God's word. He's fluent in God's word. And he tries to use it against us to make us believe something that God's word does not say. That's why it's so vitally important that we know what God's word says. We know the standard of God's word. We're rooted in God's word. We're, 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 we're standing sturdy on God's word. Second thing Satan will do after he attacks God's word against you is he attacks your pride. Satan will attack our pride. And we, as much as anybody, man, we're a prideful generation. The church today, a prideful group of people. America, a prideful group of people. And so Satan then tells Eve after she corrected him about the tree, Satan says, well, what God said isn't true. He's just trying to cause you not to live. But Eve, if you eat of the tree, I'm telling you, you will be like God. So let's look at the verse. If you have your Bible, if you don't, that's fine. I'm going to read the verse for you. Satan says to her in verse verse 3, But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth not know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as, look at this, little g gods, knowing good and evil. And so the word that Satan used to Eve in the Hebrew is Elohim. He uses the Hebrew word Elohim, which literally means Jehovah God. And so, man, look what Satan's doing to Eve. We all want to be prominent. Mankind wants to be in leadership. Mankind wants to be head over everything. Mankind wants to be in charge. And so now Satan is telling Eve, if you eat of the tree, you will not need God because you'll be just like God. And so Satan tried to cause her to buy into this lie that she would be greater and better for eating the fruit, which is a complete lie. Listen, young people, Christians of all ages, 
That is what Satan does to us every single day. He knows that many Christians struggle with identity and self-worth. And so what he'll do is he'll tell you, if you just take part in this sin, if you just grab hold of some sort of sin, he'll say, you act on this, then you're going to become somebody. Then you're going to become one of the popular ones. Then you're going to be looked at as somebody that's in charge, as somebody that's in, in control, as somebody that knows what they're doing. And look, it never works out that way. Listen to this. Sin will keep you longer than you ever anticipated to stay, and it will take you further than you ever anticipated going. Sin will keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay, and it will take you further than you ever wanted to go. Understand that today. Understand that sin keeps you, it snares you, it traps you. And then we see how Satan starts to snare her and entrap her after he lied to her. And so she, she begins believing into the lie that I'll become a god, I can eat of the tree, it'll make me great, and that it will make her grow in power. Once he told her that, she was set. Let's look at verse 6, which is the last verse we'll look at today. It says in verse 6, and, the, and, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes. And the tree was desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. And so look at verse 6. He has snared Eve, and it says, when Eve saw. That word in the Hebrew is gazed, fixed, or staring. So she was then consumed with that tree. She was then consumed with that sin. That was all she thought about. All she thought about was taking a bite of that fruit off of that tree because Satan had made it appear to be so good. And you look on in the verse, it says it was pleasant to her eyes. That's the lust of the eyes. Then to make one wise, that's the lust of the mind. She then took the fruit and did eat. That's the lust of the flesh. So he had made her believe that this forbidden fruit was some amazing fruit that would cause her to become the best person in the world. But in reality, it would cause her more harm than anything else in her life. And so also, sin caused her to forget about the blessings the blessings that God had provided for her. She could literally look around at the garden and see so many trees just plentiful with food, plentiful with with so much fruit, with God's blessing. All she had to do was look around at the blessings of God that he had already provided for her, and there she would have plenty of food. But yet she was so fixed on the one tree until she gave in to the lie of Satan. You say, okay, well, well what does this have to do with me? Satan treats us the very same way. He causes sin to look good and appealing to you until you actually sin. He causes you to dwell and think on it until it's over. For years and years, Satan has done this. Since the beginning of time, Satan has done this. And with this one tactic alone, he has destroyed far better Christians than me and you. He causes the sin, maybe the pornography, the adultery, the alcohol, the, the, the drugs, the lying, the rebellion to look so good until it traps you and consumes you until that's all you think about. That's all you can dwell on. But what he doesn't show you is the negative effects. He doesn't show you the marriages and the relationships ruined because of adultery and pornography. He doesn't show you the human trafficking that's going on behind the scenes. He doesn't show you the, the, the destruction that premarital sex can cause on a relationship and on people. He doesn't show you the pregnancy in high school. He doesn't show you uh, the abortion after the fact. He'll make it to some moms look so good. Like, hey, this is the only way out. 
and it's pleasant to the eyes. I don't want to tell my pastor. I don't want to tell my parents. So Satan makes the sin of abortion, the sin of murder look so good until you have one. Then if you talk to moms that have had an abortion, it's the worst thing they've ever done. It makes them literally grieve. It makes them that for years they're haunted by the fact of what they've done. And, and yes, there's forgiveness at the cross. By all means, there's forgiveness at the cross. But Satan will never show you the hurt and the pain that you will go through after you've taken of the sin. He might show you that lying and cussing or, or drinking might makes you cool, but he doesn't show you how it causes people to see you differently, how it causes relationships to be ruined. He'll show you that alcohol and smoking and vaping seem so cool, but what he doesn't show you is the guy laid up in the hospital with lung and liver cancer. He doesn't show you the family that lost everything because someone was driving drunk. Now listen, we could go on and on and on on this podcast about how Satan promises things and never delivers. My point is simple, though. Satan will do everything he can to snare you, to trap you, and to make you rebel against God. You think you have so much willpower that you can overcome Satan? Let me tell you right now, you're wrong. Eve was no match for his snares. There have been pastors overtaken by Satan and his snares. There have been far better Christians than, than us taken over by Satan and his snares. And so listen, be alert. Satan like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour in your life. Listen, he wants to take you. He wants to go right for your throat. He wants to take you out so that you're rendered useless for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's Satan's one goal in your life. And so we need to be alert that Satan is using things behind the scenes to cause us to sin. Satan is using things behind the scenes to cause us to trip up. And then we see Satan then uses Eve to his advantage. He's already caused Eve to sin. She's now fallen. And so once Eve had sinned, she was not satisfied with being the only one in the wrong. So she immediately goes to Adam. And in verse six, the Bible says, Adam also ate of the fruit of the tree and he sinned. Listen to me. As we're closing out this podcast, it's so important, Christian, who you surround yourself with. It's vitally important who you hang out with because that has an effect on you as well. Satan, if you look at the verses very carefully, Satan as the serpent never once tempted Adam. The, Satan, the, the, the serpent did not speak to Adam. He let Eve do that. So Satan might have someone that you work with. Satan might have someone in your friend group, someone that's far away from God, someone that might not even be saved. And so Satan might not even have to tempt you because he's got someone as his minion, basically, working against for him and against you. Peer pressure is often, oftentimes the leading cause in, in, in teenagers getting into trouble, teenagers doing something they're not supposed to do because one friend makes it seem cool, then we fix our eyes on it, and that person, we want to be like that person, so we're going to do what that person is doing. Maybe today you are the one that's influencing others in the wrong direction. Ask yourself, are you a positive Christ-like influence on others or are you a negative influence on those around you? Sometimes Christians, Satan doesn't even have to tempt you. He'll use your friends. He'll use your family. He'll use those that are away from God or those that are not even saved as a negative effect to your life. Listen, I pray the Lord has spoken to you about this area of your life. I pray that you see where Satan is snaring, where Satan is tripping, where Satan is causing Christians every single day to fall and rebel against God. But I want to point out one thing. 
Satan did not make Eve sin. Eve did not make Adam sin. They willingly chose to do it. Satan can make it look good. Satan can talk it up all day long, but Satan could not physically make Eve do it. He tempted her. Eve could not physically make Adam do it. She had to tempt and persuade him to do so. So listen, when you sin, it's on you. When I fail God, it's on me. Nobody else. I can't blame somebody else for my mistakes. I am the one that willingly chose to partake in whatever the sin might be. I am the one that willingly chose to rebel against God. And so it's true with you. Satan might be tempting you right now with the worst trap you've ever been up against. But he can't make you sin. If you run to Jesus, if you run to Jesus like you should, he will help you. He will give you the power to overcome the sin in your life. But you can't do it alone. You got to run to Jesus. And so you can't be made to sin. It's a choice that Adam and Eve made. And it's a choice that we make. And so I pray you're alert, you're vigilant, you're watching because Satan wants to devour you. And I hope that through Genesis chapter 3, we can see some ways that maybe he's attacking you right now. And ways that you can stand firm on the gospel of Jesus Christ and overcome him. Because we can do all things through Christ. That's a promise in God's word. Hope you have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.